Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. You mean our starting quarterback is already correcting mistakes on the call sheet the first day of OTAs? Literally his first OTA ever. Man, I'm excited about the Carolina Panthers' upcoming season. It's Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Wes and Walker here with you for the next three hours. We want to hear from you on the Garage Door Guru text line. All you have to do is text 704-570-9610, 704-570-9610. I'm particularly excited about this one because there's so many times where West will drop in the rundown comments about how smart Bryce Young is, whether it be his off-script play, whether it him be him playing well within the pocket. West, now we have another comment from Andy Dalton discussing how there was a play that was incorrect on the sheet that Bryce Young noticed, and then he corrected it, and that was a big takeaway. How much does this get you hyped about Bryce Young being a starting quarterback in this NFL? It doesn't get me any more (laughs) hyped than I already was. I'm not surprised at all. I told you guys, I keep telling you guys, this is what he's going to be. You have that guy. You have one of those computer chip quarterbacks, a la Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, guys that are just, extensions of coaches on the field and in a lot of cases know just as much or more than the coach like this guy he's a savant that's the only way you can explain it Bryce Young already doing fantastic stuff um in OTAs yeah we'll we'll sell this one hard I don't care we're gonna hype this one up just as much as some of the other positives we see like eight yard receptions from Jonathan Mingo to from Bryce Young anything like that we will absolutely overhype it but it was a busy sports weekend so let's go ahead and pull up to the scene and start talking about it right off of the bat Fitty opening up the doors for us let's get off the bus we look good getting off the bus I got something to say One of the big events this weekend was NASCAR holding an all-star race in North Wilkesboro where we saw Kyle Larson win the third all-star race of his NASCAR career. The Young Money, I think, is what Smoke called him, which is not something That's that his I, nickname. I did not expect to see Smoke Ludwig referencing him as Young Money. I didn't know that was his nickname. They're watching all those guys. But still hilarious to see that he proves that once again, winning the million dollars in Wilkesboro. But everyone kind of discussing how underwhelming the race was. So my question is, was this only underwhelming because of the track conditions? Was it only underwhelming because Kyle Larson made it so boring with his dominant performance? What were some of the reasons that Wilkesboro could have fixed here, or was it just the way that the race played out? Somebody that is a NASCAR novice that doesn't understand the game like that, why was it kind of underwhelming? Is that even too far? Is that too much of a reach to say that it was up in Wilkesboro this weekend? Yeah, for those who may uh, fancy me as a NASCAR novice, I've logged every race for about the last probably six years or so. All right, so, start uh, on I'm them, very West. well versed uh, trucks, 
Xfinity and in, uh, in the main series. Do you want to give us a truck breakdown? Is that what you want to do later on this week? Listen, man, I've always been a, <laughs> a, a Matt Crafton guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So anyway, um, for me, it was just underwhelming on TV. Like, the wide shots of the track where you could see some of the nuances, the signage and things like that that were very nostalgic were cool. But as far as just how it looked on TV on track, it didn't look that much different to me than a lot of other tracks. And that's kind of what I was expecting. I thought you would get more visually from the on track shot. So that for mm-hmm. me was was what it was. Fiddy, I know you were watching it this weekend. I know you were excited about it. I believe you went to NASCAR Brad's house. So you're with somebody that has NASCAR in their text name. I know they've got some good analysis on this. What did you make of this and what could have done to make it better? Or maybe it didn't need to be made better. It was just how the race played out. You know, Adam Alexander told us last week to have a field of dreams type of feel. And when they got into the broadcast, it, it, it felt like that. Like NASCAR was returning to its original roots. And look, the track, does it need to have some work done ashore? Maybe. The, the biggest issue is that's what that car has done on, on, yeah. on short tracks. As much as the, the, the newer car has fixed intermediate on the mile and a half ovals and stuff like that, it hasn't led to the best racing at your Martinsville's, your Bristol's, your Richmond's. That showed up last night. Also, um, Kyle Larson might be able to get driver. I mean, he drove from dead last to first in 34 laps and then opened up a 12-second lead. Like, a lot of it is just he's the most gifted driver right now in the field. Yeah, Bubba Wallace finished second, too. That was impressive as well. Yeah, good for Bubba Wallace to finish second, but Kyle Larson being the guy that was dominant in this one, that was the takeaway. And I drove up to Boone this weekend, so I told you my mom lives up there. I go up there quite a bit. Driving right through Wilkesboro, I got to see everybody camped out over the weekend. It looked like a great atmosphere. Right before the race, coming back down to Charlotte, same thing, but not as busy for some reason. It just kind of looked weird to me, but it looked like everybody was kind of making their way towards the track, and so... um, But it did seem like the environment, from my real quick snapshot of everything that was taking place over at the track, it it did look like everybody was really excited, and so that was one of the bigger events that took place locally. Now, it wasn't just what happened at the All-Star Race that made this at least a sports-packed weekend. I don't know if it was a phenomenal sports weekend, right? Because we got a blowout in Game 3 between Miami and Boston. We have two series in the NBA postseason that are 3-0 deficits for the Lakers and the Celtics, so these series aren't close. But we also have the Carolina Hurricanes to get excited about, yet they're down 0-2. Wes, we go to you for NASCAR coverage. We go to you for (laughs) hockey coverage. What say you on watching the Canes go down to an 0-2 deficit here in the Eastern Conference Finals? They're pretty much done. I mean, you lose two games at home, that tells me a lot. Uh, about the team as far as mentality, execution, uh, all of those things, man. When they lost that second game, when when the Panthers came back and tied it up and the Canes kept having big opportunities to score when you're talking about numbers and different things like that, and they couldn't convert, I was like, man, it's just hockey is a sport that the more I watch it, the more I just feel like there are telltale signs of how the game is going to go. And when teams can't convert opportunities where they should and when they had that power play and they couldn't score, I was just like, man, I don't know, man. I just went back to uh, checking out Rihanna and her Panthers dress. <laughs> <laughs> the Panthers dress that Wes is referring to, Rihanna wore a Panthers dress in Tokyo, in a Tokyo club, it looked like. And not only was it just one Panther jersey, it was a Panther shirt, 
that had 95 on the back. No, Derek Brown, I'm sorry. She was not wearing your jersey, but you would have props for life if that was the case. She was wearing the expansion team jersey. 95, the first year of the Carolina Panthers' existence. And then it went further to her wearing some Carrie Collins, uh, repping some Carrie Collins gear, Wes, where I think that was the dress part of what she was wearing yeah. over there in Tokyo. Yeah. Very cool to see Rihanna repping Carolina. Um I think she just made a, a few fans here in Carolina know Atlanta clap back, though, and I know you were uh, talking about how funny you thought that was. Yeah, they did, man, but when you saw it at first, I mean, it was so crazy that she was wearing that because I was like, this definitely, like, where did she get it? This is so random. It, it looked like a jersey you would get from a, a thrift shop because I'm like, where would you find something like that? Either that <laughs> or you sent it or you, you know, you got it off of eBay or something like that, but they said the dress is from... I don't know how to pronounce this. Is it Zuli.Bet's Fall 2023 collection? So it's actually a fashion designer that made this. They said it's a clothing line designed by, I got to say this with some international flair. Since, you know, okay. we're talking Rihanna and fashion. Malian Senegalese designer, Lamin Badian Koyate. All right. I All don't right. know if anybody was able to understand that. <laughs> so I'm guessing this dress would cost you a pretty penny uh, to be able to get. But the fact, like I said, that she was wearing it, it was uh, it was pretty crazy for an international pop star like that to be repping the Panthers that hard. And then Atlanta clapping back with her wearing a Chris Chandler jersey in the airport once, which I still think the Panthers trumps that. She was in the airport just walking around. I mean, it is kind of wild that she was wearing a Chris Chandler jersey, though. Right. The fact that it was Chris Chandler. What, what is it with 90s quarterbacks <laughs> that she will rep Chris Chandler and Kerry Collins? Is it just within the NFC South, too? Like, does she dabble in other divisions? Yeah, do you think, though, do you, do you think she knows? Like, what if you went up to her and was like, Rihanna, do you know what you're wearing? And she started, like, busting stuff down. And she'd be like, oh, yeah, Kerry Collins, but he was this, this, and this. And then this is Chris Chandler, and he was this, this, and this. Like, how wild would you be by that? Well, I, it would be wowing only because how many people out there on a national level would love to break down the history of the NFC South, including like quarterbacks that weren't amazing. Right. right? Like <laughs> you would think if you had NFC South knowledge, you might rep Drew Brees, maybe even Tom Brady for the brief time. He was with Tampa yeah. Bay, a Cam Newton winning an MVP. But now we're out here doing the thing with Kerry Collins. Yeah, and our quarterbacks Chandler. that got knocked out of their chair by Norberto Davids Garrido for saying uh, <laughs> racial slurs. Uh, well, that's I didn't even know what that story was. <laughs> you what didn't was know about that back in the day? I'm not sure. What yeah, that you was. know, Kerry Collins had the, the name. had the big. Uh, the, 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 he had issues with alcoholism. Yes, I did know and that. And then the report came out in the Charlotte Observer back in the day that he was out with teammates. He he said the N-word and Alberto Davis Garrido knocked him out of his chair. So I did know the Kerry Collins uh, comments that yeah. were made. I did not know about the player that brought that to yeah, life. And that's yeah. what I did not know. So, <laughs> all right, we all learned something today. Thank you for bringing up Kerry yeah, Collins. I remember that. I was going to ask a little bit more about the sports weekends and then our weekends as well. Um, what yeah. I was going to say is Lakers and Celtics, you think the Canes are cooked down 0-2. Yeah. Clearly, we're going to say the same thing about oh. the Celtics and the Lakers. I mean, the Canes tonight, this is it. They have to win. But the Lakers and the Celtics, they're done. I mean, the Nuggets control most of that game. Jamal Murray was just annihilating them in the first half. And then you have to think, okay, if he's going to give mm -hmm. us the business, you know Jokic is coming in at some point. 
And then the Celtics, you know, once they lost both games. To me, it says so much about a team's mentality when you lose both home games, especially when your back is against the wall 0-1. Most of the time in, in the NBA or any sports, the home team is going to win that next game about 95% of the time. So to me, when you lose, I'm sorry, you're soft. You don't have that killer mentality. You don't have that hunger to come back and get that win. You deserve to lose a series when you lose both your home games to open a series. I'm sorry. All right, let's go to the garage door guru texters that rode the bus with us. 704 was talking about how Bryce Young, correct mistakes. Oh, gives me goosebumps. Joking. Yes, 100%. You should be happy. Good, good. Gives me goosebumps. Big Cat (laughs) Dan screaming, Omaha! Yep. Just like Peyton Manning over here in Carolina. 704, happy that we're talking about hockey and NASCAR. And 704, all different 704 number. A little upset that Wes is already jumping off the cans. Uh, no, Kane's I'm still wagon. here. I'm still here. But I'm just saying, oh, so at home, faith. dog, you got to read the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. Like, I hope they win tonight, and I hope they come back and make an epic comeback. But it's not looking good. Uh, Wolfpack James wrote in, guys, the Celtics are done. Yes, going to be hard to come back from an unprecedented deficit that somebody's ever done that like that, right? So Wolfpack James saying, guys, the Celtics are done. I'm calling it. Does this open up the door for us to try and trade for a Jalen Brown. We could talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Have plenty of NBA segments to get to. And the last one I want to go to is Jack writing in. Does Rihanna also have an Aaron Brooks jersey? Former Saints <laughs> QB. This that is, would be lit. This is the question I'm going to leave the Garage Door Guru text line that we can answer when we come back from break. What other NFC South quarterback jerseys does Rihanna have in her closet? 704-570-9610. What other NFC South QBs is Rihanna repping out in clubs whenever she is touring? 704-570-9610. I want all of them. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We'll continue to talk about Panthers OTAs coming up next. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We're going to the Garage Door Guru text line. At 704-570-9610, we want to know what NFC South QB jerseys Rihanna has in her closet. 704 number wrote in, she definitely has a Falcons Matt Schaub jersey. 704 said <laughs> she also has a throwback Vinnie Testaverde Carolina Panthers jersey. Okay. What about Rodney Pete? A Rodney Pete jersey Rihanna can sport out there. Barry the Tile Man said, how epic would it be 
if she busted out a Frank Reich quarterback jersey and maybe mm. we could even get a sneak appearance. The Bryce age comes about. Rihanna is there to do maybe a pregnant concert again. <laughs> that would be extremely yeah, lit. You got that kind of juice. I would love all of it. Uh, 704 number, a different one said, Rihanna might be pulling out a Steve Burline jersey soon. Um, of yeah. all of the random... And, like, we can't have any stars, right? This cannot be Drew Brees. This cannot be Cam Newton. It cannot be anybody that's even close in that neighborhood. Steve Berline might be my favorite jersey somebody could bring out in a random NFC South QB kind of repertoire. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot. For me, just off the name alone, I would have to probably start with Bobby A. Bear. <laughs> somebody wrote that in. <laughs> somebody wrote that in. Moose said she's repping Brian St. Pierre, Matt Moore, Jimmy Clausen jerseys, and then, yep, your boy, Bobby Bear for the Saints. And then Sean King for the Bucks. Pull out of Jeff George. Jeff George jersey is very good. I always mm. think about him with the Colts, though, just because of the whole pick thing. But, yes, that's who I think of. What you got uh, for us, Fiddy? What about a Josh Freeman Bucks jersey oh, and, and the throwback mm. creamsicle? Remember, one of the all-time cold takes from Skip Bayless was that Josh Freeman was about to destroy Cam Newton. Because Josh Freeman had one decent year. And Skip Bayless, we need Clown to find that show. clip. I, there is a clip out there circulating of Skip Bayless telling you how good Josh Freeman is going to be and how he's going to be better than Cam Newton. And obviously that did not work out. 980 number said, uh, how about a Randy Fasani jersey? Yeah, Ooh. Rihanna definitely wearing that. Wade Wilson, Falcons. Wade Wilson jersey. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just getting to the point where these guys, I mean, how many snaps did these guys even have? We got a Scott, the XFL honk, of course, PJ Walker Jersey, for sure. I want to hear the random NFC South quarterbacks. Now, Sean people, King. People are, yeah, we got a Sean King reference already. We got people that are writing in just different players yeah. in general. We're looking for QBs. And this is all because Rihanna wore a Panthers 95 expansion Jersey that extended into a Kerry Collins dress. And so she also had a Chris Chandler Jersey on in the airport one time. What other NFC South random QBs is she sporting? You had another thing fitting. I found Skip Bayless's tweet. Oh, let's hear it. It was on November 16th, 2012. Yeah. Long-term, give me Josh Freeman over camp. Oh, it's a beautiful take. Better leader, more <laughs> consistent passer, more clutch, more poised under fire, more careful with the ball. Clown show. Oh, I love that. I So we have a, at least I have made before, a cold take segment where we have his take. He speaks about that, and that's in the intro. I love that Skip Bayless was so wrong on that. Josh Freeman stats, just for everybody that's well, this paying was attention. A tweet. Is there audio of this same oh, take? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's audio of I'm this. Sure I can find that. All right, let's see if we can find the audio because his sophomore year, when he was 22 years old in 2010, he had 25 touchdowns and six interceptions on 3,400 yards. So, all right, Josh Freeman about to do something. 4,000 yards in 2012, and that was about it. So, yeah, some good Josh Freeman takes here. I did not realize we were going to have that in the second segment of the show. We're also getting some Jeff Garcia references. Joey from Huntersville wrote that in. 704. Steve Young, Tampa Bay. Steve Young, Tampa See, that's a good one because he's a star, clearly, but he's also still, I think, with Tampa Bay, a random NFC South quarterback. We also have a Tony Pike jersey. Yes, also a part of that, a part of that draft with Jimmy. There was a Jimmy Clausen draft, right? That was when they drafted like three quarterbacks. I thought he could be something because he threw like forty-four touchdowns his senior year at Cincinnati. Super tall, very different from Bryce Young. Good radio guy, by the way. Yeah, Tony Pike doing some good things. I think with Cincinnati, right? Mm, yeah. yeah. So Tony Pike doing that. 
super different from Bryce Young and the fact that, well, he just isn't projected to be very good. They also had Brian Brom on that team, if I'm not mistaken, if you like Louisville QBs. Um, let's move on to the actual current QB that is out there for OTAs, the first day of OTAs here with the Carolina Panthers. We still want to hear from you, though. 704-570-9610. First day of OTAs. The big thing here is that Bryce Young corrected a play on the call sheet that was incorrect, and then everybody was giving him credit for it. Andy Dalton spoke about that. Frank Reich also spoke about it. We did get an injury update, too. Uh, Hayden Hurst recently underwent a sports hernia surgery and Reich was not sure on his timeline to return. So a couple of takes there. Don't know how serious this is going to be, but it didn't seem like we were real worried this thing was going to go long term here, Wes. Um, any other takeaways that you had from the comments? If you wanted to speak more about Bryce Young and just how much of a leader he can be as soon as he steps onto an NFL field as a rookie. Well, I think the leadership, too, just speaks to the confidence that he has. Uh, I think it's just the fact that He's so well prepared, and he's a guy that's always going to be that way, and I think that makes him exude confidence because you're only going to be confident when you know that you're in control of your situation, and I think that uh, exudes from him. I think guys around him see that, and I think it's also going to pay dividends because he's going to be – I had a buddy of mine that I played with at Wake Forest that played with Peyton Manning, and he said Peyton Manning was no joke when it came to preparation. He said, you come (laughs) out to the walkthrough, you don't know what's going on. You come out to practice, you don't know what's going on. He was on your head, and not in a nice way. And I think that's another thing that Bryce Young will bring to the table, the the ability to elevate others around him because of the fact that he's going to be so well prepared that if you're not on point, guys are either going to feel compelled to get on his level or if you're not, like I said, he's going to be there to be like, hey, you know, what's going on? And the coaches will see that and they will get players around him accordingly that are going to prepare and be ready in the way that he is. So let's discuss a little bit more about the QB position outside of Bryce Young. Joe Person. He tweeted out Frank Reich's comment that all three QBs were sharp today, says reasons uh, the Panthers cut Jacob Eason was to ensure Matt Corral got the reps with the threes. Now, interesting because Matt Corral had the draft night post about not being wanted. He said that it didn't have anything to do about them drafting Bryce Young, but it had more to do with a personal matter. And so you can believe that if you want to, you don't have to. Whatever you want to do with that comment, that is your prerogative. What Matt Corral did say is that it was a tough year and a long one at that. Now, if they cut Jacob Eason to ensure Matt Corral gets third string quarterback opportunities, Matt Corral did say that if it was his choice, he would choose to not be traded because he wants to play for Frank Reich, specifically mentioning the head coach there. Not that he likes it here in Charlotte. There are other reasons to say that you might want to stay with an organization. He said Frank Reich is the reason. Now, maybe I'm looking too much into that. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what to do with that, to be honest with you. What say you on what ultimately ends up happening with Matt Corral? Uh, I think he's going to end up not being with the Panthers and being elsewhere. I think that's the only natural progression for him. I think he's a young man and still a young player. Uh, This is his second season in the league coming up. And I think that he wants to be able to showcase. I mean, this is a guy, and I know in the NFL, everybody was rated this and that coming out of high school. But we do see before the Super Bowl all the time how many guys that are in this game that were three stars, two stars, no stars. Matt Corral was a guy that coming out of high school was highly touted. Coming into college, he had a, a, a nice college career. 
And so this is a young man that has the confidence to say, hey, that he wants to play football somewhere and believes in his heart that he is a starting quarterback. And so I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to be one that's going to be willing to sit around and be the third string guy. He's going to want to go elsewhere. And I think the Panthers will end up doing him that justice at some point. And I shouldn't have just completely you know, distinguished the difference here with Corral's comment. He did say, if it was up to me, I don't want to get traded. I love it here. I love the people. But Joe Person okay. also tweeted it and said that he wanted to play for Frank Reich. You're just not buying it. No. You think he wants to go all. have yeah. a potential to start somewhere. If which he wants to sit there and be a third stringer, why are you in the NFL? Yeah. I'm sure he wants to play, you know, for sure. Like, you <laughs> know, like, unless he thinks he can just make this a long-term play because he did talk about how hard it was this past season. He lost it. He lost a rookie year. I think to understand how NFL life is, to understand the schedule, to continue to be in team meetings and stuff, there's value to that. But to not apply that on the field because of the injury that kept you from it, it's got to be tough. So we'll see just how much progress. I, I think he's at minimum – He's a backup somewhere else, mm-hmm. but I also think that maybe he could see it when he talks about the long-term play. If he does really want to be here, mm-hmm. then I guess he feels like maybe Andy Dalton won't be here as long as anticipated. And if he can come out and prove that he's ready to be a backup, that they'll send Andy Dalton packing next year. Yeah, just continuing to dissect Frank Wright comments um, with his media availability. Bryce Young spoke today as well. I'm not sure that's what you were saying, Fiddy. Uh, Bryce Young spoke, so we can get some of that audio a little bit later on also. Uh, Andy Dalton speaking to some reporters and uh, even Matt Corral, as we just mentioned. Another comment from Frank Reich, though, was discussing Brian Burns. He said, quote, I didn't realize what a stud leader he is. So some positive feedback coming from Brian Burns almost kind of have to see some step up there with Brian being a veteran on this team. And I think when you undergo such a big transition, right? So you lose somebody that was a young star within Panthers terms, whatever you want to label him in DJ Moore. So you lose him. You're really moving on from every other quarterback in that room outside of Corral who didn't play. So the most important position, a guy that you look to, to be a leader, everybody's out the window now. And here you are with Bryce young, Andy Dalton, as far as the holdovers go, Wes, I do think Brian Burns is one of the stronger leaders on this squad as it stands. Somebody that is one of the better players that also might have to be more vocal. I wonder how much that can happen this year and how much it will happen with him being a holdover where there's so much turnover in this organization. Yeah, I think it will. I mean, this was a guy that even when you watched him at Florida State, he was charismatic. We had him in our room at ACC Media Days, the personality. He was a charismatic guy, not afraid to talk and speak his mind. So I see that carrying over to the pros. And he's at that point in his career now. Now, well, he's established himself uh, as one of the best pass rushers in the league. And so he feels qualified to be able to speak on things. And guys are going to listen to him because he's the requisite pro bowler and uh, sack man on the defense. So you're going to listen to one of to him because yeah. he's one of those guys. Um, Joe Person also tweeted out C.J. Henderson missed today for personal reasons. Don't know what's happening with C.J. Henderson. It really just kind of sparks some kind of conversation about his role on this squad, which is actually still pretty big, right? Despite us not being impressed with what he's been able to do or not been able to do with Carolina. The fact is you just don't have a whole lot of cornerback depth right now. You're talking about J.C. Horn on one side and often injured Dante Jackson on the other. And we've seen CJ Henderson and Keith Taylor both have to step up big. And it's why we don't feel great about the cornerback spot, especially surrounding its depth. How big of a, how big of a presence do you expect CJ Henderson to have this year because of None. some of the injured guys? None. You think he's going to be gone from the team at the yes. beginning of the season? None. 
Is there any other analysis that you wanted to bring? He's not a good he's not a good coverage quarterback, and I think the Panthers will move off of him. I think some of these undrafted free agents, or one or two of them, may be able to make this roster just because of that. I mean, the Panthers have spots, in my opinion, at the cornerback spot that are there for the taking. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of Dante or JC, to me, it's open season after that as far as who can take yeah. those spots. And this is a guy that's proven time and time again. I, I told you when they made the trade for him, why? For what? Your first round pick and you get cut that quick from your team, or you get traded that quick, that tells me all I need to know. I don't need to see you again. I don't think my coaching staff can do this to make you better. It was a bad trade for the Panthers. He's proving them right. I don't think he'll be here. All right, so we'll see exactly when he steps out onto the OTA practice field. And maybe that's why in a PFF simulation over the course of the next season here, Wes, maybe that's why, in part, PFF had Carolina going 7-10 and this upcoming regular season. What were some of the other things that you noticed from Pro Football Focus's simulation of Carolina going 7-10, and the Bryce stats that had him throwing for 4,400 yards and 30 touchdowns? It's weird. You want them to perform better than 7-10, and but you'll take those Bryce Young stats any day of the week. They also had DJ Chark leading the team in total yardage when it comes to the receiving aspect. What did you make of some of these things? Biggest uh, thing that you noticed? Uh, I think the record is is on par about with with what I think for the Panthers. I do think they'll have a chance to compete for the division, but a seven wins is. I'm not going to say that's what I think they'll be verbatim, but I think that's kind of in the realm uh, for them right now. And so when you talk about the fact that their first victory they have in their simulation is not coming until week four, th- that's not good. To me, if they finish 7-10 and 10 and not getting a win until week four, so you, that means you're starting the season 0-3, that will not be good at all. And I don't know that you finish 7-10 and 10 if you start 0-3, but the Bryce Young projections, I do like those. That's about in line with what I think for him when you talk 30 touchdowns or 12 picks. I still think he'll be a single-digit interception guy at the end of the day. But in a rookie year, if he throws 12 interceptions, I'm okay with that out of 17 contests, especially if you throw 30 touchdowns. Uh, DJ Chark, as far as getting 1,029 yards and eight scores, I I think if he stays healthy, he could be capable of that. And I I know I told you that I thought Adam Thielen would put up numbers along uh, this realm just with how good he is how good he's been in the past and with the fact that he'll be the de facto number one. But I don't think that these uh, projections are that bad, but they said if the Panthers season uh, did go that route, that it would be a major disappointment, all things considered. If Bryce Young throws for 4,400 yards and 30 touchdowns, then it's going to be maybe the best rookie quarterback season statistically we've ever seen. So that's why it's crazy hard to believe that he's going to come out here and throw for 44. Remember, we were discussing Justin Herbert, who came out here and threw for, what, 4,200 his rookie season? And that being one of the best rookie QB seasons we've ever seen in the NFL. So we're telling everybody that he might throw for 200 yards more and for to go for 30 touchdowns. That's why I can't buy into the simulation. Wes. Yeah, he went 43-36, 31-10. So, so even more than that, with Justin throwing the ball, I mean, I don't know how much downfield because Lombardi, I believe, was still the OC. Maybe I have that wrong. But the fact that you had that kind of prolific passing year and to have Bryce Young come out here and throw for 4,400, yeah, that would be yeah. – like, you can't expect that, right? Like, I, you know, we, we just made fun of the advanced stats – from ESPN saying Miami only had a 3% shot of winning this series. Like, I kind of look at this with PFF and think, but look, 
Maybe it's me being a hater. That's fine. I, I just can't bank on any rookie QB coming into the league and throwing for 4,400 yards year one if we've never seen it before, literally. And we certainly can't expect that. Like, you're you're expecting 4,400 yards. Because yeah, you I were can talk- see that. Like, look, I just Because want- he's a better prospect than Justin Herbert. So just, just to get it all, everything figured out here, you're saying you expect maybe the best rookie quarterback season of all time. That's what you're saying. I could see it, yeah. Like, if he did that, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be like, oh, my God. Like, I'm telling you, I think that highly of him, and I think a number two that, that's, that's very telling that you would want to see from him that Justin Herbert put up, he had a 75.4 passing grade under pressure uh, that season, and that was the highest from PFF for a rookie ever. And just to let you in, Bryce Young led – power five in touchdown passes and yards under pressure uh last year man so, oh i know sure yeah. no I, so, I know all the college stats like yeah it's it's just interesting here we are talking about him you it was funny to me you were just rolling through it was like yeah 4400 yards like that's kind of in line of what i think it was like wait hold on we need to give that the light of day because you're saying 4400 yards yeah i could see him having the best rookie quarterback season of all time and then we just went on by i was like yeah. nah man we need to shed light on this because that is a take <laughs> yeah that is that is yeah strong. i mean i wouldn't be surprised because of the fact that like i said this is a guy that he seemingly always has the answers to the test now this is going to be a, a graduate level exam he's about to undertake his terms in terms of the nfl but I just believe that much in his ability and his preparation. I think he's going to go out there on Sundays, and he's got veteran receivers to make this happen. It's not like he's got rookies out there. Now, he's going to have one that he's going to be throwing to. But between Hayden Hurst and DJ Chark and Adam Thielen, he's got vets that know this game. They know this league. They know the coverages. And I think that's going to be perfect for him because he doesn't have young guys that are going to come out, don't necessarily understand what they're seeing, maybe on reroutes or something like that, run the wrong routes and then you get the miscommunication interceptions and things of that nature and the coaches get scared to kind of throw it in certain situations but this is a guy that's going to come in with veterans who are smart guys and he's a smart guy himself very smart and I think that he's just abnormally smart for a uh, rookie coming in so yeah I wouldn't be surprised all right 704-570-9610 feel free to share your thoughts and comments about what we could expect from Bryce Young going in to year one let's also hear our first fitty flash of the day what you got for us fitty well from one guy who made an immediate impact uh or is hoping to make a, a an immediate impact in Bryce Young to one who did that Jim Brown on Friday, the NFL lost a Titan. Um, Jim Brown passed away at the age of of 87. Brown was a first-round pick back in 1957 and amassed over 12,000 rushing yards and was a three-time MVP. In addition to his accomplishments off the field, he was a pioneer during the 1967 Civil Rights Movement, was a famous actor, and did a lot of great, did a lot of great things on the field. As well as off the field, guys, when the, when the news broke, I think we all just kind of were sad because the NFL lost a Titan, but the world lost one of one of one of the best people we've had in the last you know, 50, 60 years or so. So so the thing is, look, and Wes is giving the face here because there are some things that are not addressed nearly as much understanding, right? Like yeah. when somebody passes away, you want to celebrate the life and focus on the positive. That's human nature. I get it. And there are a lot of positive with Jim Brown, but there are plenty of alleged um, incidents of domestic violence, which is, I just wanted to provide some context here with why Wes was giving the uh sound so we could address that. You are right, though. Like, if we look, when people talk about complicated 
complicated legacies. Mm -hmm. What we can do is just talk about humans being complicated in general, which is what Jim Brown was. And there are some incredible NFL accomplishments. There are some incredible humanitarian accomplishments. And there are also some things that were not exactly glowing about Jim Brown in the slightest. When we talk about best running backs of all time, when we discuss that, like it's interesting to hear people who knew about what Jim Brown did in the late 50s going into the 60s. We're like, guys, this is Jim Brown. I mean, as much as I talk about Barry Sanders, you guys might talk about Emmett Smith and whoever else included. Jim Brown just might be the easy answer yeah, here with all the heads, accomplishments. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, and you talk about yards per carry. Remember, there was a stat of nobody having as much volume as Jim Brown, and he still was able to rush for over five yards a carry until like Jamal Charles came in. Not, not nearly as many carries, if I'm not mistaken. But also the fact that Jim Brown was able to do it and hold that record for years and, and decades. Yeah. That's what's crazy. So any it's, thoughts that you have about well, Brown? Well, yeah, and I mean, when you talk about on the field, too, it, it's hard to compare errors. I know people like to do that, but, you know, we're also talking about an era where he was as big as a lot of the offensive linemen, as big or bigger than a lot of the offensive linemen well, and defensive linemen back then. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about O-linemen back then, 230, 240. Jim Brown was 230, toting the rock. So he was he was fantastic on the field, but that is one thing you know people be like, oh, you can't compare the errors, but yeah, he you know he was a great player on the field, no doubt about it. Yeah, so there's some update. I think that came in actually right after we were off the air on Friday, probably around like in the three o'clock hour, maybe going into the four o'clock hour. Jim Brown's passing, I believe, at the age of 87 years old, so lived a long life. Coming up next, we'll go with another mock draft melee. There could be one sneaking up on you, even despite the NFL draft being over. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Still looking for random random NFC South quarterback jerseys that Rihanna might wear at a club on the <laughs> tour. We got a Brad Johnson jersey. I thought about okay. So I thought about Brad Johnson. Clearly won a Super Bowl. I still think that's more than fine to include in this company. Matt Greensboro so wrote that as well. He's not going to be wearing a yellow jacket anytime soon. You know, <laughs> that's correct. You know how many people like the Mendoza line. What is the NFC quarterback, NFC South QB line of, okay, if she wears this jersey, then it's, it's considered, too mainstream. Yeah, it's a little too mainstream. Mm-hmm. Like, what's that line? I I would open up the doors with Brad Johnson. I think for the Panthers, the only one you could do this that would be too mainstream would be Cam. 
Uh, Jake DeLome, there's a lot of DeLome jerseys out there. Now, well, I mean, I guess you're talking a, about as far as quality no, of player. No, but you're right. I think, is DeLome the answer? Is it the DeLome line? So if you're past the DeLome line, then you're getting into your Drew Brees, your Cam Newton, your Mike Vicks. But if you're below it, then yeah, it's I a think safe, DeLome, random jersey. I, as far I as love I'm, Jake, but I would put him kind of, to me, Jake, to me, Cam is the... Yeah, Cam, Cam was a better Panthers. QB. Yeah, you know what we, I'm saying, but it's the cutoff line for because, like, even if we look now, like, if you like, I guess you would put it if you wore it in another city, would people recognize the it? Panthers line is going to be different from the NFC South line. the The Panthers line is not Delome, but the NFC South line, it might. You know, zero in Chris Sims. I don't know if he's just and Jake con- played for the Saints too. If I'm not mistaken. Well, he did, but like, yeah. not really. Yeah. But, but yeah, but he, he really <laughs> played for Carolina. Uh-huh. So coming over, I wonder if that's the NFC South line because mm. he did have some nice postseason success. Was the QB to get to the 03 Super Bowl? Did pass for 4,000 yards. Yeah. May, I wonder, Burline too. God, it was just, we had the one awesome season of yeah. Burline. Burline was good anyway. Yeah. You got something, Fitty? I, I thought we were going NFC in general because like Jason Campbell popped into my head, but then y'all were keeping it NFC South or East. Yeah, because she's won two NFC right. South jerseys that we know of so far. That's right. Just just for context, we have Rihanna wearing a Panthers Expansion 95 jersey that extended into a Kerry Collins dress. There is also photo evidence of her wearing a Chris Chandler jersey in an airport. So we are all asking what kind of NFC South quarterback jerseys does she elsewhere have in the closet? We can get to some of that a little bit later on. I do need to hurry up, honestly, and get to the Mock Draft Melee NBA Draft Edition. Hit it, Fitty. Mel Kiper Jr.'s first Mock Draft of the season. With the first, second, third pick. In the NFL Draft, here comes the commissioner. We copy and paste the intro from the NFL Draft to the NBA Draft because, well, we didn't have enough time to do the intro. And by we, I mean me. I take sole responsibility. (laughs) But it doesn't matter. Maybe we will alter it. Maybe we just want to hear Todd some more. So here's the ESPN, the first mock draft we'll have if we continue to do the melee for the NBA. And ESPN, with the second overall pick, has the Charlotte Hornets taking... Brandon Miller, wing out of Alabama. Here's the write-up. Quote, solidified himself atop this draft class with an ultra-productive season, winning SEC Player of the Year. You know all the accolades, all of the statistics that he was able to accomplish. They also said he's an easy fit on this roster thanks to his ability to play shooting guard through power forward and would benefit from the shot creation prowess of LaMelo Ball while having the leeway to develop into a primary playmaker in his own right on a team starved for talent. What do you make of the write-up here? Do you understand where ESPN is coming from? Jonathan Cavoni helping out. Yeah, I understand. I mean, like I said, I, I feel like when you talk about what's winning in the NBA and the players who who kind of dominate when the money's on the table, you're talking about the big, the bigger wing players, and I think Brandon Miller fits that and all the things that they said in the write-up, and uh, I think he would come in and be a really good fit uh, for the Hornets, especially when you talk about, you know, on the high side. You expect all of these guys to hit when they come in. And so if he's able to come in and be the player that they think, it would be really good for him. I mean, he could be the best probably wing player. I mean, Miles is pretty good, but defensively he's not like that. I mean, would he be the best maybe wing player the Hornets have had maybe since Kraft? Maybe. I mean, they've as been- far as two-way? 
Yeah. Well, and Crash defense defensively was special. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe if he hits, right? Miles Bridges has been good, but we don't know if, well, I mean, we know he's probably going to come back. Don't know exactly what that would do, though, right? Like, you could also talk about, okay, he fits seamlessly, but you also have Miles Bridges, PJ Washington. And so, even if I don't think you should draft at all for fit, and I don't think that applies to Scoot or Brandon, if you think Brandon Miller is the guy, then for sure, make him the draft. Did you selection. play him at two? You could. Since, since he's touted as being able to defend one through four. So if you wanted to go LaMelo Ball, Brandon Miller, Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, Mark nice. Williams. Although Gordon Hayward will probably be there. So you'll probably yeah. bring P.J. off the bench is what I would imagine. So then you might have like Gordon Hayward at three, Miles Bridges nice four. Nice uh, yeah. I mean, I'd think Scoot and the two would be good I as well. I know your slant was coming at some point. That's how it was going to be. But no, Brandon <laughs> Miller, make, the fit makes sense. I get it. I mean, he's he's not a bad fit. Uh, that, that's what we're not going to say. Brandon Miller's a bad fit. Real quickly, just to get to the 27th pick, Maxwell Lewis out of Pepperdine. If you don't know about Maxwell Lewis, they have him uh, as... He sounds like a Pepperdine player. Maxwell. Maxwell Lewis. Somebody is what every NBA team is actively searching for. Fluid, long arm, 6'7", wingspan with shot creation, shot-making versatility, and potential. He does have poor defense, though. What I will say is that Traquavion Smith, Gigi Jackson, Jaime Jaquez, Marcus Sasser, Trace Jackson Davis, all available. Let's go to the college basketball aficionado elsewhere. Would you have rather had any of those other names that are big name fitty? Do you expect any of them to pan out in the NBA? Yeah, I mean, like Hami Hawkes has a very good mid-range game, and he was just a, a tough shot maker. Gigi Jackson has a lot of upside. Who else did you list in, in, in that? that Terquavion Smith. Davis. Marcus Sasser, Trace Jackson Davis, all those guys. Oh, dude, Marcus Sasser defensively would be a lot of fun. Torquavion Smith, we already have enough inefficient guards in our backcourt. So, also, who, okay. who goes by Maxwell anymore in 2023? Like, just cut it short. Like, my name's Joshua, but it's Josh. Mm-hmm. I bet if he was Max and then his last name, he'd be like, a, he'd be a top 20 pick. Well, maybe you didn't know if it was Maximus or not. Maybe. Could be. There are some Maximuses out there. I'm going to name my kid Maximus Marlowe. You should. <laughs> It's actually pretty good. It's yeah. got a nice ring to it. All right, that'll do it for the Mock Draft Melee. A couple more hours to go here on Weston Walker. We'll steer it back towards um, the Carolina Panther conversation. Thoughts on seeing Bryce Young and Jonathan Mingo, the new age here in Panthers jerseys. We'll get to that in a moment on Weston Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.